0: Follow us on Twitter at
1: Union Power Radio. Listen every hour of every day.
2: Here
0: UnionPowerRadio.com The facts, dates, and events presented in this video are from the members' best recollection and may not be fully accurate. This video is intended for entertainment purposes only. Always consult with your local union about your rights and duties at your workplace. The opinions shared on this video are our own and do not necessarily represent my employer's positions, strategies, or opinions. All views shared are protected under the National Labor Relations Act. Nice. You are now in tune with the boss of the business, the What The Heck Show,
1: on unionpowerradio.com.
3: issues we're just not
1: that far apart on the issue. We're not that far apart. What's up? This is the What the Heck Show here on Union Power Radio, July 16, Sunday, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining the What the Heck Show here on Union Power Radio. We are live. We have everything. We have the Zoom live. We have YouTube live. We have the telephone lines. If you want to call in and spread your opinions or whatever was going on here on this contract, I'm wearing a shirt here. It says pay up, uh, ups and that's exactly what they need to do is pay up and uh we're gonna have some guys uh joining in uh, i know Joe, uh jose from california is coming in and i think rosie from uh, another local there's a guy named victor there I, I don't know i don't see his face i don't you know you when you go on zoom that's what happens Aaron's just joining in and i want to tell everyone to mute every Mute yourself before, so then we won't have no backup feeds. And thank you for joining the What the Heck show here on Union Parade. We have a lot to talk about, guys. Uh, so it's, it's a whole lot of shit going on over there. Listen, I put a picture up up with that uh, old AOC lady, the the Democratic girl. I really don't know who she was. I know she was at the at at this rally that we were yesterday with Sean O'Brien. And a lot of locals, Local 808, Local 202, Local 237. It was a bunch of locals there at this rally in uh, Local 282. That's where we had it at. And uh, this uh, Democratic girl came, uh, Alexandra Cortez, whatever, um, she's very cute. But anyway, th- I took a picture with her and I got nothing but bad feedbacks on on that picture. It was like everyone was just bashing the fact that, that I took a picture with, with this. Moot yourself, please, Dan uh so uh everyone that is not talking just mute yourself and then when you're ready to talk unmute yourself because we won't have the feedback and the guys on mixler they won't have that that crazy hearing thing but anyway uh it, it was it was it was crazy that i thought that she was very popular with the democrats and you know she is democratic and we are a democratic union and so i figured that yeah hey I put the picture out there, all right, and I, I mean, I, I, a lot of views, but <laughs> but, <laughs> but Victor, uh, you, well, I, the I
2: reason the reason why you got a lot of uh, negative feedback is because last year, well, well, in December when the Congress voted on the railroad workers, she she there was two bills that were put up to Congress, one that contained sick pay. I think maybe four or five days. Somebody could correct me. And then one that didn't have any sick pay. So wow. she voted in against the one that has sick pay, but voted against the one that voted for the one that didn't have sick pay. So that's why a lot of union members are like, you fucking sold this out. You know, especially the railroad workers are like, you sold this out. And then I know you don't like, uh, you know, well, you have feelings about the uh, Amazon labor union and their, you know, thing. And, but she never visited Staten Island. During the whole lead up to their election at that, at, at uh, the JFK facility in uh, in, uh, in New Jersey, right. in Staten Island, excuse me, she never went there until you know uh, Chris Moss publicly called her out, like, "Hey, you know, you talk all this big game, but you ain't showing up," and then she showed up, you know. But she's, yeah, uh, <laughs> she's, yeah, she's done some. Some things that well, are not very I know, labor friendly.
1: And now I know, and I'm fucking, I, I feel like I'm, I'm stupid that I didn't, um, you know, follow up on on her because I posted a late, uh, you know, a picture with me and her on it and a lot of views and a lot of negative And I was, I had to erase some of them because they were so fucked up. <laughs> they were telling, you know, they were really disrespecting her. And I was like, oh shit, I gotta erase this. And uh, because. I mean, I, I gotta take the picture down now because I don't know what the what the hell is going on. Hi, Jesse, how you doing? You're new. You're new to this. How you doing? Oh, it's a Jess hey. Mr. How's it going? How you doing?
4: I'm doing okay.
1: Good, good, good. Rosie from 6-3 is on also, and we got a lot of things to talk about now. Now, uh, you know, I, I want to get into some certain things that the the UPS strike frequently asks questions. That's going out there, and I'm sure everyone in this panel uh, gets all these questions of when are we going on strike and when do we go on strike? Um, listen, the company needs to pay up. I mean, they, they gave something good to the, to, to the full-time. I don't think it's that good. I mean, Sean went in there with $10, and he got 7 out of it. Uh, but the, the part-timers should be at the same rate. I mean, you know, not the same rate. I mean, let me get it right. So if they're going to give the full-time a $7, they should give the part-time a $7. Just they have the money to do it. And that's going to be the whole of for this contract. And a lot of full-times come, you know, they come to me all the time and say, why do we go? Why we just don't sign the contract? We got what we got. No, you got what you got. But the part-timers didn't get what they got. And we honest, we honest together. We're going to strike if they don't give the part-timers what they deserve. I truly believe that. I never was a part-timer. And when I became a business agent, and I've been a business agent now for four and a half years. And let me tell you something. I had to roll up my sleeves and do that hard work. And I did it in the summertime. And I'm, I'm telling you, I, I'm big. And when I left that truck... I I felt like I was skinny because I sweated so goddamn much in that in that uh warehouse doing the work they do. And these part timers, they get up early in the morning, they get up to make a living, and fifteen dollars is not gonna do it. There's more money that to be given. I think they believe they deserve twenty five dollars. And and Sean is, I'm hope you know stick to his guns and keep his uh company to the fire. And keep on with what he's doing and putting pressure on this company because they need to pay up for these part-timers. These part-timers deserve the the, the wages, especially. Uh, anybody ha- a part-timer here?
2: Well, I've been a part-timer for twenty-five years, and you know, part-timers part-timers do need the pay. I'm, uh, we have Jess on on here, and she uh, read this article on, from the LA Times and from the eighties where. You know, we've now we found like the date where UPS did the cutoff was eighty three. When before eighty three, everything was paid equal. Part timers and full timers they made twelve dollars. Only difference was the hours worked. After eighty three, you know there was a there was a a a conscious effort, I guess, on the on the behalf of UPS and the IBT as well, to pay drivers uh, a higher rate a higher rate. Because they're the face of the company; those are what people see every day. And then, you know, uh, decreased the pay of part time. You went from twelve to eight for part timers, twelve to fifteen, I believe, to uh, full timers. You know, so that's when that's when the the gap started. And then, what's been happening ever since? You know, throughout that time, for well, with the contracts, the contracts have always raised up, uh, raised the pay for uh, full timers. You know, and part timer pay has just been stagnant; it's just been here, you know, while inflation is creeping up, we, you know, we've never caught up with inflation. If we would have caught up with inflation, our pay would have been twenty five. Exactly. What 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 teams they're mobilized have been asking for, so you know we can't be we can't be kicking this can down the road any longer. Part timers it, it, It's a shame. It's a shame. Of,
1: it's a shame of this company that allows this to happen. That he they have part timers living in in shelters and. But it,
2: it, it's a shame. It's a shame that that the IBT allowed this to happen as well. We didn't get a pay increase till 2013. You know, they've allowed this to go on for so long that that's a problem. You know, and then we talk about uh, the, the two tier wage system. Yes, there is a two tier wage system for drivers, but there's a we have a multiple tier system wage system when it comes to all these different classes. You know, twenty two threes. So they're not they. They're still getting paid. I think what's, uh, Brozy, correct me if I'm wrong. They're paying, I think $6 less than a full-time driver. You know, it's just, it's just insane. We have all these tears and just created this fucking problem of with, with, the with the wages. Exactly.
1: And, and, you know, and it kills me also with, uh, you know, the twenty two fours that I hated that language from the beginning when Dennis Taylor even introduced it to, to us last uh, five years ago. And I, I never liked that language. I never liked the fact that a driver of 22 uh, twenty-two four is in the same street as a regular driver making six dollars less and don't have the same benefits as a, a driver. So I always hated that language. And now that the language is gone, well, it's gone. On when we signed the the the, the TA the the agreement, but the is now saying, "Hey, I got what I want. What do I need to go to strike for?" And this is fucking bullshit because you're a part a, of a team, the brotherhood of brotherhood and sisterhood. And we all got to stick together no matter what you got. If you got something good, good, good for you. Now we got to go get what we need for the part-timers and I don't like that shit and you guys got to stop fucking thinking about yourselves because this is all you were saying when you were coming up to me and saying I don't want to be a 22 why I don't have this right what I don't have now that 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 Sean O'Brien put it out there and said that we got it rid of the 22s the twenty-two-four. You still gotta stick with the teamsters. You still gotta stick with your brothers and your part-timers. Stop the bullshit and stop saying, "Oh, I got what I want. I could go. I could move on. I don't have to strike." And those are the motherfuckers that are gonna be fucking crossing that picket line because we have a right to stay in a picket line and do it for the, our brothers and sisters to all our brothers and sisters. So, what the fuck, Victor? Instead of instead of um uh sending a uh a text, can you? Talk. What's up, Dan and Jess? Jesse had to say something, right? You said something.
4: It's Jess. Jess, um, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I agree with a lot of what was said that Jose just said. You know, th- this problem was agreed upon. Um, in the 80s, I-, I think they knew what they were doing. The company and the IBT. Um, there was even an article that quoted Dennis Taylor, and <laughs> I think the quote said that. The part-time wage was purposely kept artificially low because it afforded them gains in other areas, <laughs> and that is exact that that is exactly what they did. They kept those wages down, and they put they put the gains into the pockets of the full-timers and of everybody else. Um, and that's not right, you know the the work that the part-timers do is is some of the fastest paced physically demanding hours it's shorter hours but it's a lot of work crammed into those hours and we all know what that cramming does um you know it's not realistic it's not safe um you know everybody deserves to be paid well for every hour that they're working you know nobody's labor is less valuable because they're only working five hours You know, really because the company is only giving them five hours. People are having to fight for daily guarantees in places. You know, their start times are varying by an hour, hour and a half during the week. You know, they're wanting people to essentially be on call. Yeah, we're only going to give you three and a half. But if we've got seven hours, like you're forced to stay those seven hours. Like you, you can't really maintain other steady like a lot of jobs that want you for certain hours you know you don't know what time you're getting out you don't know what your work day looks like um and you you probably couldn't go work another physically demanding job like that for another five plus hours you just can't keep up those paces for you know extreme extended periods and that work is hard work and those people should be paid good they're working hard for those hours and I think that people should be paid proportionate to the, to the profit they're generating. And we all know the profit that we're generating. We're all moving packages. We're all making this world go round. We all deserve to be paid well. Not just maintained for inflation. Like, that's bullshit. That's the same buying power year after year. That's no raise. Maintaining? Why are we maintaining? This company's not fucking maintaining.
1: <laughs> nice. I love it. I love it, and that, you're, you're absolutely right. This uh, this contract, it, it, plenty of contracts in the past, was always. And this is what these guys do when um, when when they go to election. They always talk about part times are important. Part times are important. Once they get into office, part time is not important anymore. This has got to stop. This has got to fucking stop. When if you're fucking going into an office and you're talking about you want to take care of the part, take care of the fucking part-timers. That's all. Don't go into an election because you think that you're going to get into the office by saying, I'll take care of the part-timers. The part times are very important. Motherfucker, do it. Take care of the part-timers. And you'll stay in office for a long fucking time. Don't always think about full-timers. I mean, I've been a full-timer all, all my career. But the thing is that, I got, the, I got the feel of it because I went in as a BA. I went in and saw them at 3 o'clock in the morning. I went in and seen how hard to, 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 uh, to load four trucks over a 1,000 pieces. Get the fuck out of here. They deserve it. And Sean better stand his ground and don't give in and fuck it. We all going to go out there for those part-timers. Go ahead, Rosie. What's up?
5: So um, I don't, I don't want to take anything away from the part-timers. I understand that over the years they've been absolutely screwed because there's not a lot of language in there for the part-timers and those that work under Article 40 are fucked. But I got to say that us twenty-two threes threes have been absolutely and royally screwed. And we don't just do one job like the part-timers. We do two. And we have 22 threes in my, my barn that are load load. And these guys are loading trailers for eight to 12 hours a day. And we have been completely fucked and there's language. And I want it like, it's not just about pay. It has to be about language because like in the 22, four language, did they take it out? Because in the old, in the last contract, the 22, four language said that the 22, fours can replace 22, three jobs. Did they take that language out or did they just change it to, any new RPCDs can replace twenty-two threes because we cannot be replacing these combo jobs because not everybody can go driver. I can't carry a, a DOT. Uh, Christine can't carry a DOT. We have a lot of guys that can't carry DOTs for medical reasons. So we need these 22, three jobs. We need the inside shifting jobs. Shifting isn't easy. I can't fucking shift. Christine can shift. I can't. It's not something that everybody can do. And even shifting isn't an easy job inside there. They require you to work five, five days a week, 10, 12 hours a day. Sometimes you have to work six, seven days a week. It's not easy doing these shifting jobs. So, and you know that Jess, you shift like shifting is a bitch.
4: And so there's a lot yeah, of jobs. I also want to just throw in there since, you know, <laughs> you guys are kind of having multiple positions with the 22 threes. I'm ECS clerk, hazmat responder and shifter um i usually also unload send again cars um do sure post all the damages repack so like like i'm doing some of everything like sometimes i'm there seven and a half hours you know um but our porter that comes in and works you know that's outsourced so they don't you know they don't want to give we don't have a single full-time inside job in my barn um, I, I, I doubt wow. the company wants to create any, you know, they will only do that if they're made to do so. so. Well, so but yeah. You know, I'm glad that you brought that stuff up because part-time is not the only concern in this contract. Like there's a lot of concerns for the part time, some of its wages. There's also other concerns. Like we need to be addressing all of these major concerns. We don't need to leave anything unaddressed.
1: So uh, now that you bring it up the 22, three, uh, tier. It was. It's not even in the contract. They didn't even talk about it in this contract. The twenty-two-three. All is all is about the the PVDS, which they couldn't get rid of, and that's another thing we're going to talk about because this company is right now hiring a lot of PVDS because they are going on strike. So they're going to have these uh, personal vehicles do the deliveries for for them, which they're not going to match up. They still going to get fucked up. But anyway. uh you know, it was for concern. Yeah, I want to
4: just mention I I think they I think I heard them say that part-timers would now be able to do PVDs. So I guess that was the give back there to um oh, we'll, we'll just we'll just throw a little a little bone to the part-timers and that'll let us keep PVDs in the contract. So um, I knew that
5: like in my barn, the PVD drivers were our part-timers and they they didn't mind it because they got driver pay for PVD driving. And then when they came back and did their shift that same day, they were still at driver rate. So they loved PVD driving. They were all down for PVD driving because they were making money hand over fist as PVD drivers. And I don't have a problem if you're going to give it to a Teamster, you know? Um, if right. That's well, I feel like the it company should be offered needs to do. Then, then fine. But just honestly, I, I, I beg the diff on that. that one. Kind of shit, just make more fucking RPCD drivers. You know, right. that's really how right. to solve this shit. Wow. You know, this this outsourcing crap in in personal yeah. vehicles and all this other stuff is just another way for them to get out of of training people in in the DOT de- department and and getting and getting by on a lot of other stuff that they they actually need to be held responsible for instead of actually paying them the the full-time pensions and all of the other stuff that they need to be paying them. So they're just trying to cut corners in all these other areas. It's the same with the 223s. You know, if they can get rid of the 223s, then they can have all of all the part-timers and just can continue to fill the the barns with part-timers doing a full-time job, which is ridiculous because if they can continue to work a part-timer 8 10, 12 hours a day, then they don't have to pay a full-time pension. And in some areas, they don't have to pay full time benefits and and they don't have to pay the full time wages. And that's really what the company wants to do. And we cannot allow that. We have to make sure that the language is forcing them to create more full time jobs. And it's not saying, hey, we're going to pay the part timers all this money. But on the back end in the language, we're going to fuck you and we're going to eliminate a bunch of full time jobs while we do this. We cannot allow that. And this yeah. is what we've got to look for in the yes. language when that language fully comes out.
1: But Rosie, yeah, I agree I, with
4: you a hundred percent.
1: Rosie, I haven't heard anything of any language being changed for the twenty-two threes throughout this whole negotiations. And I'm looking at, and I'm looking at the 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 TAs that they ratified or whatever they, they agreed to, and it's nothing. It goes from Article twenty to section five. And it doesn't say anything about a 22-3 position. They didn't talk about it. And it's a big concern. I, I see your concern now. And I guess the 22 out there that, that are out there in, in, in 804 and, and I guess in all the locals, it's a concern. Because how can, if if it's layoffs, you know, these guys that uh, guarantee eight hours now have to take a layoff or a split shift or whatever the case may be. That's what they're doing now. But uh, a... um. Jose, you have something?
2: Yeah, uh, I was just going to uh, – what Jess said was uh, – what De- what Jess said that Dennis Taylor – no, was it – I don't know if it was De- Dennis Taylor or Ken Hall that had that comment about keeping the wages low so UPS could be profitable. It shows, one – it shows how divisive some of us in, in these positions are. But it also shows that business unionism type of mentality, you know, just choosing the one workforce over the other just so you could keep that division, you know? And then like what Rosie said is true. We need to find out the contractual language. Everything that's been out there has been vague when it comes to these updates, it's been vague. There's no real mention of the specific language. If there is, it's it's kind of, you know, there's really not that much there for us to grasp, you know? So we need to look for this, uh, for the, for the contractual language to make sure like Rosie mentioned that we don't, we don't get screwed over that, you know, 22 three doesn't get screwed over or part timer gets screwed over. You know, in, in 2020, uh, during COVID when they went back to negotiations and, you know, the union said, well, you know, why don't you pay our guys, uh, and our, and our women, you know, our workforce, the uh, hazard pay and, U, U, and UPS turns around and says, no, you know, there's there's like we have an existing contract. But what they did offer us was, you know, Rosie said they they offered us uh, uh, PVD at top rate. But then I think in 2021, I forget what part of 2021, they, they you know, they abandoned all that. They didn't offer that to us anymore out here in my barn. I don't know. I can't speak for for uh, uh, Rosie's barn, they might have continued. I think for us, we they stopped it at I think early 2021, maybe they they stopped that uh, PB, part-time PBD at top rate. And I know a bunch of guys that took it, but I wasn't to take it. But I was like, no, nah, I'm not going that far, and I don't want to use my car. Yeah, you know, I just you know it's just the way it is. But we need to find out the contractual language because we can't be screwing over any more classifications any longer. What what. What what does that create? It only creates hostility within within our ranks. You know, if you're not going to be fighting for us, then you shouldn't be in that position. I want to. I do want to rec- uh, commend Sean O'Brien when he's talking. He's talking about poverty pay. Uh, our members getting food stamps. Our members receiving uh, government assistance. The only critique I would say is that I wish he would have had a part timer that's actually going th- that's doing that that's tabbing government assistance that has two or three jobs, you know, so you put a face behind the message. That's what would be my only critique, but I do appreciate him talking like how some of us talk. We see it. We we know members that slept in the slept in the cars or been, or they were living in a shelter or, they'll you know, or live on or sleep on the wherever they could rest their head in, 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 at the night after they get off of work or they rest their head in the, in the day after they get off work, whatever it may be.
1: Right. Someone just put on uh, the chat that we all should be reading our contract before we even make the vote, and not just think about the highlights of what they're going to be presenting. Um, and, and I believe that's too. I mean,
2: everyone. Yeah, you got know, to compare and contrast. What's what? What does the contract have currently that we're that we're working under, or exist under, and then what? What does the ten of agreement say? How do they match up? Because so, if Rosie's saying if there's if there's something that if there's a sentence that was that that's not in the the tentative agreement that's in the old one, then you know, okay, well, why is that sentence not there? What's the purpose of it? Because there's gonna there's a purpose why that whatever sentence it may be is not in the tentative agreement. And Rosie said we can't we the the contractual language matters because any ambiguity we all know UPS is going to run over, and then if we do get the sitting arbitrator like the guys from Teamster Talk have mentioned in their podcast you might have a sitting arbitrator that's going to interpret the the uh the contractual language in favor of UPS and probably that wasn't mo- probably the intention of it right there's a lot of things that
1: uh that I'm hearing now and and I'm saying, you know, they holding up the contract it was what they're saying as Sean O'Brien is saying is holding up the contract because they don't want to give the raise to the part-timers, but I think it's more to the part-timers as, as far as the 223s go and their contract and and a better language for them to protect them and to uh but it's it's a lot to talk about, I guess, because uh there's going to be a lot of a lot of things going on in the next couple of days. With this company, this company right now is trying to is 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 looking to strike. I mean, they 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 are they're hiring off the streets. They're doing PVDs off the streets. Um, They're never going to do the the quality of work that we do as a whole, as a Teamsters. But they're going to get they're going to do and try to push out as much work with these these uh, PVDs. And it's a lot of things that we're going to have to go over with as far as the picket line and what can we do and what can we not do as far as, uh, you know, when those scabs starts walking across that picket line to pick up those packages and delay the process. And that's what it is, is delay the process. If they could send out all that work with PVDs, which I they're not going to ever succeed with that uh it's going to be a lot of missing packages it's going to be theft it's going to be a, a clusterfuck for that company if they decide to go on strike but well, I, who's going to who,
2: who's going to load those pvd cars i mean who's going to they're going to probably use the pal you think a scab straight off the streets going to understand a, a pal the and better question the better question is
0: who's going to move the packages if all the feeder guys are on strike yeah. and the pilots are standing next to us I mean, that's what I took telling people that I've even thought might think about crossing the picket line is, is think about this. You're going to go in there and help them clear out the building. But once you clear out your building, that's it. I mean, they're not going to hire scab truck drivers to bring loads in and the pilots are going to walk with us. So there ain't going to be any work. So all they're really doing is hiring a cleanup crew to, to empty the buildings. And, uh, Shout out to Jess. I'm glad I saw you on here. She's uh, she's a very awesome, passionate teamster, and uh, when she was doing her little spiel, I almost said to her, "How do you really feel?"
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you should have, because I want to well, know they, how she really I mean, feels. I, I, hate
5: to, I, I hate to say it, but I mean they do have their coyotes, and so they'll move. They'll, they'll move there. and there. I know that. I mean, I've heard that they are they are training their management pilots, and but it's not enough, and that's the thing. Like the big thing is that. They don't have enough. If they're lucky to move 20% of the volume that we move, then they're, they're, you know, good luck. And then they've got to get that volume past us on the line. And we're going to be holding up that movement on the line. And that's what people need to understand is that it's not like the exits are going to be open. You know, that's our job is to hold the line on those exits for whatever amount of time has been legally, you know, uh, established that we're, that we're wow, okay, that we sitting there, you know, holding the line for. So, that's what we're, I don't know, what you were showing us, Eddie, Hector.
1: No, I'm not showing you anything. <laughs> I'm just trying to get uh, the, the thing up. Hold on a second. <laughs> but,
2: uh, but, so, but, but I mean, I, I, you know, Chris,
5: Christine and I did a show last, last week on um, the basically the guidelines of, of striking and and what you know what all everybody needs to know about that and stuff and but I, I don't know I I don't know if you want to talk about it Heck, but one of the things that I wanted to talk about because I've been really watching sure, make 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 today,
1: this uh, the, the Mew and uh, show yeah, is <laughs> is uh,
5: is a lot of people have been talking about how they feel like Sean is moving the goalpost because he talked today about how if UPS comes back with an offer and we have a tentative agreement that um, we could wind up uh, working over uh, past August 1st because we have a tentative agreement and voting on that and working without a contract. And I think that people don't understand what that means. They don't understand the legalities of all of that. And it's not that Sean's moving the goalposts. It's that people don't understand Uh, The NLRB laws, they don't understand contract laws, they don't understand how all this works. And Sean is trying to explain to them that UPS knows what they have to offer. They know what they have to bring it to the table. They know exactly what they need. If UPS brings that to the table, if UPS comes on July 30th and brings everything that Sean and Fred have said you have to bring to the table, Sean and Fred can't say, well, fuck you. We're going out anyways. They have to accept it. They, because that's what we've demanded. And so it's like anything else. If you're, if you're buying a house and you tell the, the, the this is the offer that I've made and uh, and they come back and say, okay, you've got that offer. You're not going to say, well, fuck it. I don't want it now. You're going to say, well, then I'll take the house. That's the same thing. He's, you know, so he's going to have to take it. So how it works at that point. Is they have a TA? They have a handshake agreement. They go to the two man, and they begin to finish off and finalize the contract. And then it goes to it is now offered to us. We start having our meetings in our locals where they go over the contract. They mail out the 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 contracts with with our ballots. However, we're going to vote whether it's through the mail or electronically. Electronic, he and said. We when we we that's probably going to be electronically when we vote. We're either going to accept or reject that contract. Now, depending on what we decide, is then going to be the next step. If we accept it, then it ratifies. And, you know, we stay working and we have a new contract. If we reject it, then we we move on from there. But this isn't Sean going back on his word or changing his mind, or this is the the legal steps of how this works.
1: Exactly. So
5: people need to understand that if we have a TA and we wind up not going out, it's not because they caved. It's because UPS came and gave them everything that they had asked for. Exactly. And I think people need to understand that aspect of what's going on.
2: I think, so, uh, Sean, well, o- uh, I, I think Sean O'Brien, Sean I O'Brien should have said that in the beginning. Because if, 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 if somebody, please correct me if I am wrong, on that press conference he had several weeks back, he said if there's no ratified contract. Now he could have easily said if there's no tentative agreement. Why are you saying there's no if there's no ratified contract? Yes, we understand there has to be a tentative agreement, but just for people okay, I was saying he fucking moved the goalpost. So I wish he would have stated in clearly in the beginning if there's no if there's no tentative agreement rather than I, if there's no ratified contract.
3: I kind of right. I, I agree I with
2: those, those limitations. I wish he, I wish if those limitations
4: were already there, he should have never stated that to begin with if he didn't have that power to make that call.
1: That, that's he what knew I,
4: that really, legally, all we had to have is a tentative agreement. That should have been the statement.
1: That's what I in want to question That's, that,
4: instead of a ratified contract. That's what I want to talk about. Hold on, hold on,
1: Rosie. Can you hear me? You guys hear me? Yes.
4: Okay. Okay. Yes.
1: Uh, because you guys are talking right over me, and I'm the fucking host. What the fuck is wrong with you guys?
2: <laughs> Listen. Y'all totally took over the. what the heck show? He doesn't want us to. But I,
1: I just want to know. I want you guys' opinion of when he, when he, no, when he said to no, the company. The final offer on July fifth. You know how if the contract is not uh, expiring to July thirty first, how do you give a company a due date that you have to have a final, the best and final offer? Go ahead, Dan. Go ahead. you're dying to talk. Go ahead.
0: So all I was gonna say was it, about uh, Sean and this and everyone thing. He's changing the goalposts and changing the whole stuff. First of all. Sean absolutely meant it as far as them having uh, an agreement and voted on prior to July 31st. He absolutely meant that. He set the July 5th date because that would give us approximately three weeks to go over and vote it up or down prior to August 1st. So that was the reason for the July 5th date was he wanted time to put it out for a vote prior to, but he's only going to put it out to a vote if it's something that they recommend. Right, and when bro- when contract negotiations broke down on July fifth, the committee in Washington voted down unanimously to reject the offer that they were last talking about because it was garbage. And the committee's not obligated to put it out for a vote if it's garbage. So that was for the July fifth date. Now, as far as the July thirty first date, Sean meant it, but you got to also understand too. If the company gives us everything we want to tag on to what Rosie just got done saying and we walk out the door and we go on strike for three weeks while we're ratifying a contract. One, we're going to lose public support because, you know, UPS is going to say they gave us everything and we still walked yep. 2 We're going to look like asses and say and lastly, um, we're, members are going to suffer the wrath of that. And like I said, if Sean tells us it's a garbage deal, but he puts it up for a vote and the tentative agreement is on July 31st, well then, you know, we should go on strike. But I don't think he's going to put it up and sign a tentative agreement if it's all garbage. So he has no choice but to extend the contract long enough to vote. And then if we choose his membership to vote it down, we'll go on strike the very next day. So, you know, it's – it's smart what he's doing. I don't think he changed the goalposts. He meant everything he said. But now that we're in the thick of it and the company and negotiations have broke down, he has no choice but to extend the contract long enough to vote on it if we come up with a tentative agreement. And just real quick, I want to loop back to something about the sitting arbitrators. Um, something that a lot of people that don't have sitting arbitrators may or may not know is that sitting arbitrators only rule on disciplined cases when there's a deadlock. Okay, Correct. and Correct. and you can back me up uh, yeah. on this, Hector. Yep. So, so if it's a language case and it and it deadlocks, it goes to the national panel system. Correct. If it's a disciplinary case, like a like a discharge, it, the arbitrator sits in the room and listens to the entire case, and he may occasionally ask questions and stuff. But an arbitrator does not get involved unless it's deadlocked. Correct. So. For for people that don't understand that, I just wanted to loop back and say that uh, I got a message from somebody that asked me to clarify that. So
1: yes, yeah, so the arbitrator is, listens to the whole case from the moving party, which is the company and the union, and he sits there, he listens. Sometimes he has questions at the end. But at the end, it becomes an executive section, an executive session. That's when the, the company and the union stay behind. The arbitrator leaves the room. And if they can't come to a conclusion for your discipline or whatever the case may be, then if it come, becomes deadlocked, then the arbitrator gets uh, asked to come back into the room to make a decision, uh, the final decision of the discipline. That's correct. So Jose has his hand up. What's up? Oh, wait, wait, wait.
2: Two things. Thanks, Dan, for the clarification. But out here in the Southwest, we have a seven deadly cardinal sins, seven, seven cardinal sins. So, you know, that 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 right there. And we have dishonesty. <laughs> so that one, it's I don't know. I, I wouldn't want a sitting arbitrator there when UPS will lie up their pants to try to get a member fired because of, you know, what for whatever reason, maybe they're an activist you know and they're, they're just trying to target but there's something Listen uh,
0: Jose I don't but, really interrupt but I'm going to okay you're you're preaching to the choir here okay i just yeah, I know I know that 11 month <laughs> termination over dishonesty and the only thing i can tell you is uh here in the New England supplement we hit a home run on that and they've and i said this in the last show they are uh, cleared up the dishonesty stuff by giving it a definition. And now that dishonesty is limited to certain things and, and they're more egregious things. And like, in my case, had those rules been in place in this current contract, I never would have lost a day's pay. I would have worked the entire time. So it, it, it if your supplement does allow us for an open-ended dishonesty, um, that's something your local needs to work on and, and, in, in, in your supplement because, uh, they hit it in, out of the park in New England here with that.
2: We say, well, we don't know what's in the Southwest, but going back to the July fifth, when John O'Brien wanted UPS's last best and final offer, it. You, I don't, I don't think you should have said that because now you you say that and then now you say there's if there's no ten of agreement by July thirty first, then why even say. U, uh, UPS give us our final best, your final best, uh, fi- last best and final offer.
1: Under the NRB. When you still have all
2: that, will you still have all that time to negotiate, you know, even if we even neg- even if there we coming to an agreement on July 30th, now we know, you right, know, but what the, process, what the, process, the process, the process, the process is going to be played out after July 31st, August 1st. And we know we're going to be working during that. Right. But what you're missing time.
0: on that, Jose, what you're missing on that is that, his plan originally, and of course, he's been very tight-lipped with his plan, right? And I think it's yes, that's a, a good strategy. Well, no,
2: I don't, I, I don't, I, I, I don't like that. The, MD, the MDA, is, the MDA, right? That's is, all garbage. Not
0: that's, not, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about okay. his his plan of how he was going to negotiate this contract. He's kept that close to his vest because he wanted to tackle things in a certain order and he had a strategy behind it, okay? And I'm not saying that I'm not talking about the the non-disclosures. I'm not talking about the the information not being given out to the membership once it's agreed upon. I'm talking about how he went about these negotiations. And again, July 5th was a date he set because if he got a last best and final from them, put it out to membership for a vote we would have time to vote up or down that contract prior to July 31st. And the reason for that is so that by July 31st, he could go back to the table and not only say it's garbage, but our members have now voted it down and we're going to go on the strike line August 1st. And he's, he set the boundaries for everything. Okay. But doesn't so that, but that,
1: yeah. that cur- create a delay because if, if the company comes to them on at, at on July 31st and says here, here's the, here the, what we're gonna offer you. Now send it out to the membership. We can't. Can we go on strike until this is ratified?
0: No, because no. It, again, if you have a tentative agreement, you can't walk out the door, and and what you're gonna go on strike for three weeks waiting for a tentative agreement. It, it's no different than if we go out on strike. Let's say there's no tentative agreement, and we go on strike August first. Right. All right. And like this. Let's say the strike ends four days later. Well, that's not because we ratified it. It's because the strike ends because we have a tentative agreement, and now we're going back to work while we vote on the contract. But I'm saying we're not going to vote on. If I'm the company giving you, if I'm giving, giving, if I'm
1: giving you my final and best and final offer to you, to to the president of the of the of the IBT, and saying here, take this to your to the to your Teamsters to vote on it. And if he don't like what he sees he don't have to send it out to the, to the membership. He can still do that. So,
0: right. He can, he can reject the offer on July 31st. If they give him a last best and final and he doesn't agree with it. And he he says, we overwhelmingly and the committee votes. And they say, we reject your offer. We can go out on strike on August 1st without a thing. But if he has a tentative agreement, which means both sides have agreed to it. Right. That's what the part, maybe that people are misunderstanding. Exactly. That's why I I want everyone to understand. Right, last, best, and final and tentative agreement are two different things, right? Last, best, and final is the company's proposal to the union. This is our best offer to you. Then Sean either says, it's garbage, we unanimously reject your offer, and we're going on strike. Or he says, okay, I think this is a fair deal, and he signs that tentative agreement. Tentative agreement is different than a proposal. So with a tentative agreement, We have to vote it up or down before we can walk out. Right. Okay. so that's why he was trying to get that done by July 5th, because he didn't want he wanted to be able to put it out for a round of voting prior to August 1st. Right. But that didn't happen because the the last thing they talked about on July 5th was unanimously unanimously rejected by the committee. Therefore, there was no need to vote on it. And now we're waiting for UPS to reach out to have further negotiations and they'll continue the process. But that that deadline of July 5th was his opportunity to try to have a, a tentative agreement for the members to vote on prior to August.
1: By right, right, to uh, ju- right. Uh, July all 31st.
5: Ston, all Sean tried to do today was explain to the members that if UPS comes back at the last minute, With everything the union has requested, and they give it to us, and the union accepts it, and if we have that TA, then we will work beyond August 1st so that the members can vote on that offer. If UPS comes back and and gives us garbage again, then they'll reject it, and we we will wind up striking August 1st. It just depends on, one, if UPS even comes back with an offer, they may not and two, what that offer is if they do come back. But he wants the members to know this is what could happen if they do come back because UPS is possibly sitting over there going, okay, look, we're not going to be able to move these packages. We are not going to be able to to supply our customers. We are not going to be able to keep our shareholders happy. Mm -hmm. And we have to take all this into consideration. Do we really want to do this over a small amount of money? That that is really just you know a drop in the bucket compared to what we we've, we've already made and what we can make in the future.
1: I, I is be- it really worth it? I believe that uh, Sean O'Brien pissed them off uh, when he gave them the July fifth uh, date, and I think they're gonna hold out until fucking exactly July thirty first to even put a proposal in uh, of 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 whatever they have, their best and final offer, right on that date. Because they they, they felt that, you know, I'm glad that he did that because fuck this shit. It's been a lot of years that Hoffa took a lot of deals and, and, you know, and extended the contract a lot of times that we had to get uh, retro pay and all that bullshit. So I'm glad that he did that. A lot of people don't like that he did it. But I'm kind of glad he did it because we have someone there now in the IBT that's fucking is going to man up. And, and, and-, oh, and, that,
0: and that's been his plan the whole time is to put as much pressure on this company as possible. And he did that by starting negotiations in April, postponing it three weeks because they didn't have the supplements done. I mean, it's been a pressure campaign. So, I mean, he again, he he's never going to tell us up front what his strategy was going to be because. He didn't want to tip his hat to the company. and But everything he's done is to put pressure on this company. And the other thing I wanted to bring up that, you know, everyone keeps talking about how it's the part-time wages that are holding up this contract, right? I guarantee you that's not it. And I'll tell you why. Because if we strike over wages alone, the company can hire new employees and replace us, Okay. There has to be a non-economical issue in order to walk out those doors and guarantee that we're still going to have jobs. So, yes, they're talking about how it's about part-time wages. But what's important to understand is that they have to lop that in with something non-economical or our jobs could be at stake. So the the whole part-time stuff, I think what he did was when he was strategizing this, he said, We'll go through the language stuff first because that's easy stuff. They'll give us that. It doesn't cost them anything. Then they went through some other non-economical stuff because, you know, they're going to give it to us. And because historically they've always given um, the part, the full-timers uh, a pretty good raise, he negotiated that first, right? Because now you have a tentative agreement. They can't go back and change that stuff once you have a tentative agreement until it's voted on. So – I know everybody keeps saying it's just about the part-time wages, but I bet you it has a lot more to do. And granted, I wish we knew what that was, but there's something else holding this up too, and it probably has to do with the part-timers as well, because we will not strike over just wages, or we could lose our jobs. So there, there's something else there that's holding up this contract. So
1: why? So why? If it's if it's, if it's not a brownout, why we don't know what is the other hold-up besides the part-time wages?
0: Because when they're when they're negotiating right if they negotiate all non-economical stuff and then they save the wages till last then you 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 you're down to saying we're striking over just wages right well that's so, what's, that's
1: what's happening that's exactly what it's he's not, promoting he's promoting it. that though
0: listen i don't know what's going on in that room but i can tell you right now Sean o'brien and fred zuckerman are smart enough to know that we can't walk out these doors on just wages. we th- That's a huge risk and we could lose our jobs. So there is non economical issues still sitting on the table or uh, that they're gonna package in with our strike issue in order for us to walk out the doors.
2: Okay, Dave, I, right, I think O'Brien has said that all, all, all non economic factors yeah. have been agreed upon. No,
0: that's so, not necessarily true. He, he said, He said the non-economical package was done, but I'm telling you right now, it'll come out at some point. And again, I don't have anybody inside the room. I don't have it, but I'm telling you right now, go look it up. If we walk out the door on straight up wage issues, we can lose our jobs. If we go on strike under what they call ULP, unfair labor practices, and it's because of X, Y, and Z and wages
2: they the can't wages. replace
0: us. Not,
2: okay, so so uh, uh, so there's still non-economic factors out there that are still. Open. I'm telling you,
0: everything in my body, 100%, tells me there's other issues. There has to be because we cannot walk out just on wages alone.
1: But I'm saying, yes, but yes. It's, it's it's being put out there, Dan. Everyone is talking and saying. We are we're we're holding up until they take care of the part timers. That's money. That's economic, right. Am I wrong? Right, economical. Right.
0: Economical, so so right. what so what
1: so what the so is nothing else being put out there or why is a hole on this contract. It's just Listen, about I
0: don't, I don't know why they're choosing what they're putting out and what they're not putting out. I've I've had complaints about but I'm certain saying, things like the members
1: right. the members are being fed. The members are being fed that we have to go on strike if they don't give the part-timers they, they, their money, you know, pay up UPS, you know, but they're not telling us exactly what's the real hole up.
0: I'm not, I'm not telling you that it's a major, major, major issue that's yet to be discussed. I'm saying when we go out on strike, it will not be over part-time wages alone. There will, they will have other, ULP or non-economical issues that are part of our strike, because if it's comboed with the wages we have a leg to stand on and they, can, you know, that, op- that s- protects us a little more legally than if we just walk out the door on just wages. I mean, I, I can't sit here and quote what the law is, but right. there there are protections we have if we go on strike under an unfair labor practice versus We have less rights and protections if we walk out the door on wages alone.
1: Well, I just want to give you guys an announcement here on the What the Heck Show. You know I always come up with some crazy shit. We've got 10 minutes, but I want to let you guys know that Sean O'Brien will be on my show. We are setting up the schedule now. So if you guys want to get on and, and, and ask him questions, he's going to be here on Union Power Radio. Uh, I'm I'm thinking about in two weeks. Uh, we were talking yesterday when he was at the rally. He says he wants to come on the show. He wants to, because uh, you know, I sent him an email. I said, hey, remember when you got on the show before you got into office? How about getting into the show when you aren't in office? And he took that email. He, he uh, quoted me yesterday when he saw me on the rally. He says, I definitely want to get on your show so i will have sean o'brien here on the union power radio the what the heck show uh the date will be announced on facebook and put it on out there and if you have all kinds of questions to ask mr sean o'brien this is the place to be i think uh fred zuckerman also will probably uh make please don't limit us
2: please don't limit us to the questions today when we had that webinar is only- I think four they they, they had to have
1: five yeah. questions at the webinar. Yeah. You
2: know, yeah. uh, listen, I, I can't that.
1: I can't tell you I can't keep him here for a whole hour, but he will be on the air asking. He can answer questions. He's a straight up guy. He don't hide behind his, you know, anything. He'll be talking. And he'll be answering questions. Now, you know, I'm not gonna have a line of a hundred people asking him questions. He's a busy guy. He's trying to negotiate this contract. He's gotta he's gotta do his things. You know, if I get fifteen minutes of his time, is 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 you know, it is what it is. But, you know, I never keep somebody here for a whole hour, so when the date, when I speak to his uh, publicist and uh, set up a date, he'll be here on the What The Heck Show here on Union Power Radio. i also going to have a special guest from the 97 strike, a guy that was out there in the, in the front. He's going to uh, explain the do's and don'ts if we do go on strike. Um, I'm hoping we don't go on strike and we get everything that we possibly can get from this contract and make it the best contract ever. Uh, But, you know, knowing this company, they're greedy motherfuckers, so they're not going to you know, they're not going to budge to, you know, demands. So we're going to wait to that. Um, I also put this up here, which says the UPS strike and uh, frequently asked questions. And I just want to let you guys know. So when you do, when when they do call a strike, do not walk off the job. And this explains to you: the contract between the Teamsters and the UPS will expire on twelve oh one a.m. on August first. I think they got that wrong. It was supposed to be July first, right? Because August first, whatever. But anyway, uh, you will be informed by your business agent or your strike captain when to strike. When the strike begins, do not, do not. They should have wrote it in the big letters, walk off the job until you're told to do so by the union. Make sure you take the necessary steps to ensure that there is no damage to UPS property. Meaning that if we call it, if, if, let's say you're on the road and you're on strike and we pull the strike, don't fucking park your truck, <laughs> leave the keys in there and walk home. That's not the way it works. You got to finish up your shift, especially the feeder drivers uh, that are overnight. Actually- you're, a,
0: you're slightly wrong on that. I want to correct it because I read something today. Um, if you're a feeder driver on the road at midnight and the strike is called, you get notified that we're on strike. You are not required to finish your shift.
1: If you you if are on the road, well,
0: it, no, 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 no. You're supposed to U-turn and go back to your domicile.
1: That's correct. That's correct. That's correct. Right. You, so
0: don't finish your shift. Like if you're on, if you're from Massachusetts and you're heading down to New Jersey and you're halfway there and we call a strike. You, you're not, That's, don't park the vehicle. Don't continue on. U-turn, go back to your domicile, bring back the load where you got it from and leave it there. Don't, you know, don't go deliver it to the next building and then, you know, tow something back. Just immediately U-turn, go back to your domicile and leave it there.
1: That's the, exactly what I was going to say, but you interrupted, but it's okay. You're we, welcome. We got it. Thank you very much. Don't <laughs> leave your truck on the side of the road with the keys in the ignition or walk off the belt While packages are are still moving down, listen to your union and uh, get instructions from your uh, strike captain or your BA. Do not take, because you heard that it's midnight, wait till you hear it from a union representative or a a strike captain to to go on strike. Now I'm going to be on YouTube, this this is going to be up if anyone is on Facebook all over the place. What well, would my health benefits? If you're scared about your health benefits, if we do go on strike, part timers, your your benefits are gonna be there as long as you report to the uh, picket line and uh, do your thing. It's different shifts, and and also uh, the full timers. They always talk about the money, the money, the money, the money. It's five times your union dues. And you have you don't have to be there for eight hours, but you have to report to the to, to the picket line, and you got to sign that paper for you to get uh, the funds from the strike funds. So, uh, with that said, I, I, I'm I'm happy that Jose Jess was here, Rosie, Dan, everyone that uh, that was chiming into this thing. I mean, we have a lot more to talk about, and I just don't have the time. It's it's going to be seven o'clock, one hour. I know Dan saying, "Yeah, hey, go two hours, two hours, two hours." Two hours. <laughs> But, uh, no, I have, I have something to do. Uh, but what you guys want to leave off with, last, uh, Jose, Rosie, what do you guys want to say? Well,
5: so really quick, I just want to let you know that, so out here in Teamsters 177 Healthcare, uh, we actually do not have a strike clause in our healthcare. And I just, I've been trying to let the members know that if your last day of work is the 29th, you will not have health insurance the day we strike if you work the 30th or the 31st your your healthcare will end on august 5th the week that that week so because our our healthcare is if you punch in you have coverage that week it, no punch no coverage so that's just how it works out here and we have no healthcare
1: that's that's that, isn't that team care
5: uh no we're actually so instead of putting us in team care because they said the team care would be bad They created a carve out for us because they said it would be better or equal. And I'm just not even going to discuss that right now. And so we have a separate plan called Teamsters 177 plan, but we do not have a strike clause. And for all I, I look, everything that I've seen right now, it looks like we might be the only ones that may not have health coverage if we go out on strike. Um, cause t- I know team care does, I know that the guys up North do, I know that a lot, cause a lot of them are on either like a 30 day punch or with lag months and stuff like that. But we just don't have that. It's if you punch you, you have, uh, insurance, if you no know punch, no insurance. Wow. So these um, guys that are like Tuesday through Sunday, because they're not going to work Sunday or Monday, they're not going to have a punch if we go out August 1st. So unless they can pick up a shift Saturday, or Sunday or Monday, they're not going to have any insurance that week. They need to fill their prescriptions now. And they need to just know that, you know, just try not to go to the doctor. And and you'll be good as long as you don't go to the doctor. Don't use your insurance while we're out. And hopefully we won't be out that long if we strike. But that's just how it's going to work. If you can pick up a shift on the 30th or the 31st, it'll be covered until the end of that week. But the following week, if, we, if the strike goes through to the second week, None of us are going to have any insurance because we won't have a punch.
1: Oh, that should. should, Go ahead, go ahead, Uh, Zuma. So you recommend the Tuesday through
2: Saturday guys. Uh, The two two four is for us to punch in on a Monday. We just show if you can
5: pick up a shift on the thirty first. Absolutely.
2: Try and get a shift. They they took away the the Mondays from us. The sixth day. So yeah,
5: if you can try and get a shift on the thirtieth or the thirty first, Saturday or Sunday, try and get it. That way, you have a punch that week. To just give you healthcare for at least that week, yeah.
2: ahead, right, Jose, what's up? I'm glad to see the Strike Force from Local uh, 542 out there on 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 the Zoom call. Gracias. Yeah. Uh, uh, this message is not to to you guys because you guys are the uh, it's like it's like talking to the choir, right? You guys accept the fact that part timers need to get paid. This message goes out to those. Who I've argued with, others I've argued with, saying that part-timers don't deserve a living wage, that part-time pay shouldn't be, you shouldn't raise a family on that. How can you consciously accept knowing that you know part-timers live on live on their own house? How can you consciously uh, support part-timers gaining? Federal assistance, or 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 uh, or uh, municipality assistance. There, there, there needs to come a point where all our work has value, regardless of what you do, all of our work, and this is the moment now. For too long, we have accepted bullshit after bullshit after bullshit. Rosie has been in that fight. Other people have been in that fight. That those times are done. We need to fight for our respect throughout all our classifications, regardless of your feeder, RPCD, 22 threes, 22 fours, our part-timer, we need a fight for respect. We cannot have our own brothers and sisters being unhoused. We cannot support our brothers and sisters living in shelters for a billion dollar company who's so stingy that they don't wanna give, uh, wanna pay us a, a thriving wage. Fuck that. This message is for them. You need need to come to understanding that we we work for a very profitable corporation. And it's time that we get ours. You have got yours. And that's good. I'm happy you got yours. But there's brothers and sisters that don't have shit. They live paycheck to paycheck. So it's time that we need to come together in true solidarity and fight for what we deserve. And what we deserve is respect. Amen. Well, well said.
1: Well said. Rosie, what, you want to promote your show, please?
5: Yeah. Um, and we have the Tug and Mule show. It's on um, both Facebook on, and on uh, YouTube. And uh, if any of you guys are actually in the Teamster 177, we actually have a link on our Tug and Mule Facebook page where you can go on the Teamsters177 uh, page and actually look at the alert that they put up, and there's a phone number on there you can call if you want to actually call the Teamsters 177 and get more information about the healthcare coverage. While we, while, if we get, actually go on strike, or you can call your business agents from your local. But check out our page and our show, and and
2: thank you. <laughs> and if, you, if, if you're a part timer,
5: and check and out David it, Roswell. It, it, <laughs> it, it, I know you hate him, Exter, but I was on his show.
1: Fuck him. Listen, if, I do live I show. I don't show. Uh, let go. They go Dan again. Watch, watch, it, watch, watch. Dan's going to say it again. Go ahead. Say it. say it. I
5: did a good job on his show.
1: <laughs>
2: you did. You well, did. if any part timers want to get involved. I don't
1: like two faces. <laughs> go
2: ahead. <laughs> oh, please, please, come on now. Please get at me or get at Teamster Mobilize. If you're a part timer that's ready, that's just sick and tired of living paycheck to paycheck, that knows how much this company has has uh, extra- uh, extracted the wealth from our labor. If you're a part timer that wants to do something, reach out to Teamster Mobilize. Reach out to me, and you know we'll we'll try to try to create some sort of movement with the part timers. Then not just for the part timers Eventually, it's going to be a movement for all of uh, all of the Teamsters and the and the broader movement because every contract is concerns the workplace, right? But Every, every union needs to be fighting for outside the workplace, needs to be reaching out with, with uh, tenant unions or need to be uh, going to city halls and fighting for rent control or need to be, you know, with uh, immigration rights. Because some of our members have immigration problems or their families does. You know, so we need to be fighting inside the workplace, but outside of the workplace as well. So if you're a part timer, you know, reach out to me or reach out to teams to mobilize.
1: We have a phone call. Who's uh, on the phone
3: hey this is rupley out of local 402. hey what's
1: up what's up you're on you're on on the air all
3: right hey thank you hector hey i just want to say real clear classification is important when it comes to contracts it's very important when it comes to work but us teamsters we need to lay off of the part-time full-time uh everything else we need to look at the whole contract okay once we got to stand together and if the part-time's not getting what they deserve then we, the teamsters, are not getting what they deserve. So everybody's got to stand together. If you're getting, if you think you're going to get a seven-dollar hour raise on the full-time, that's good. But you got to look at the whole package. So the company wants to pin us together. They want to pin us against each other. When they when they look at profits, they look at dollars. They care about shareholders. They care about the customer, the profits. They don't care if the if, if one customer is uh is is happy with the. With $10,000 they spend a year, or if another customer is spending $30,000 a year, they want to keep that customer happy, okay? Same thing with the shareholder. If a shareholder's been at the front of the deck and he controls a larger percentage, they want to take care of him and they want to take care of the person at the end of that table that's got a little smaller percentage. So what uh, team we got to feel the same way and take care of each other. Stand together, solidarity, just like brother said, and Stop all this! It's about the part time. It's about the full time. No, it's about us, the laborers. It's about us, the teamsters. It's about us, the workers. And when we stand together, we win together. Bottom. That's all I wanted to say, Hector. Thank you for a great thank show. you, thank
1: you, thank you very much for the call and thank you for that uh, explanation. Thank you for uh, speaking about. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, are you done? Are you still on the phone?
3: Yes, sir. I'm I'm done. Hector. What what thank what, you what local shows. you're from Thanks. again? I'm Everybody. sorry.
1: What local you're from?
3: Local 402, Muscle shows Alabama.
1: Oh, local 402, right? Thank you, sir. In the house. Thank you for calling. So, guys, I I mean, we're running past the time. But, uh, Dan, what do you got? You got any promotions or you want to speak about
4: anything?
0: Yeah, well, obviously, uh, I have the Bi-Weekly Grievance Show, and I'll have a show out either later today or first thing tomorrow. Um, But kind of off-topic, not really show-related Um, I'm doing a project. I think it's going to come out really cool. And I want to use your platform to try to get some support on it. Um, I bought a four foot by six foot. I don't know my thing's not working. But anyways, I I bought a four foot by six foot map, map of the United States. And I'm calling it the action map. And I've surrounded the outside of the map with all the like social media posts and um, the square photos that the IBT has been putting out with the different things with Sean and hard, you know, about part time workers and everything. And inside the state of the United States, um, I've been grabbing pictures of actions, picket line, practice picket lines, parking lot meetings. um, And I'm looking for photos and I want to fill this map with pictures of every local thing. So if anybody has any action photos, if you could email me at biweeklygrievance at gmail.com with your state, your local and a picture. And if there's, especially if there's somebody like Jess from her local who has been a home run hitter, uh, send me a picture of that person. I'll put them on the map. And what I want to do is I'm going to have this map uh, professionally for uh, have a professional photographer is going to take a picture of this map and convert it into a digital format. And I'm going to have posters printed up uh, because whether we go on strike or not, this has been a historical time for the teamsters. And I think that that poster will mean a lot to people and I'm not looking to make money off of it. I'm just going to charge whatever it costs me to have it printed and shipped and that's it. And um, I think it's going to come out really cool. I've already got a lot of pictures on it, but uh uh, tune into the biweekly grievance and I'll be able to show you what I'm talking about and go into it more in detail, but I think it's going to be really cool, but email me photos guys. I need them.
1: You heard that Jamie didn't say anything throughout the whole show. He's quiet. Uh, anyone else want to say the last words before we uh, hang it up here? I guess not. Huh? Anyway, thank you for listening to the what the heck show here on union power radio. I'm going to be doing this every Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I will be putting out who's coming on the uh, radio. Sean O'Brien already committed that he will come on. I'm just going to set up a date, and we're going to set up the way we're going to ask questions, and it's not going to be five questions, and it's going to be some hardcore (laughs) questions. Uh, So uh, stay tuned for the What The Heck Show here uh with uh sean o'brien and coming in uh let's see uh, that's gonna be a good that's gonna be a great show guys so stay tuned and thank rosie thanks thank uh jose thanks jess thank everyone for hey, one it. more question Uh oh she's got a question
0: Do do you have naked photos of Sean? Because how did you get him to come on your show? (laughs) I'm just saying. I'm
5: out. Thanks for having me, Hector.
0: Solidarity. Solidarity.
1: It's cool. Solidarity.
2: Solidarity. Thank you. Solidarity is
1: key. Thank you for listening, and uh, thank you for uh, coming on the show. To all the guys that came on Zoom, this is going to be on podcast. It's going to be all over on podcast uh, on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube. Register on YouTube that we could get uh, aware that you know, we're on the air, live. I'm just trying to get the fuck off the air so fast I'm talking too fast. I'm not even catching myself. Anyway, thank you everyone. Thanks Dan. Thanks Jose again. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you very much. Solidarity. Solidarity. on Twitter at Union Power Radio. Listen every hour
4: of every day. UnionPowerRadio.com